Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. We're starting a brand new series today called Knowing God. And uh, three people are excited about it. It's going to be a long morning. But no, exciting. Uh, we had an awesome first service. And I want you to know, before you tune me out, Knowing God, I already know God, preacher. Um, I just want you to know, I think that there's always more of God to know. Can we agree on that? I think that no one has exhausted the full measure of knowledge. And God gave us a word as a community in Habakkuk chapter 2 when we started the church that basically said that what will make oceans unique in the body of Christ is that he says that the earth will be filled with the knowledge. It's the, it's the Hebrew word yada, it's the Greek word gnosko, and it means to intimately know. It's not a head knowledge, it's an experiential knowledge. And he said that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, even as the waters cover the oceans. And I really do believe that today, some of you, you have a head knowledge of God, but you've never had a heart changed. Because head knowledge doesn't change you from the inside out. It's an intimate knowledge of who God is that does. And so we're going to have a great time today. I want to I wanna welcome everybody that's watching online. It's a tough crowd. Hostile environment. No, Eric, thank you that you're watching online today. Last week we had 10,000 people watch our message. Isn't that pretty cool? All right, I thought it was cool. But uh, welcome if you're watching online. We're starting a new series today called Knowing God. And uh, before you tune me out, like, Mark, why in the world... Should I even be interested in this? Because I do believe that God wants to encounter all of us in a deeper way. Um, I, I, I said this first service, but imagine if I was an illustrated sermon preacher. I'm not. I'm not a big illustrated sermon guy. But if I was, I would have a big, uh, I'd have a big uh, water jar. Now let's just let's say jar. Come on, let's go with jar. If I had a big water jar up here, just jar. Let's, let's take water out of it. It's getting weird. Um, I had a big jar up here, glass jar, and I put rocks in the jar until it was full. How many would say that with the rocks in the jar to the top, it's full? But what if I took little rocks and I poured them over the big rocks? And then I filled the jar all the way, and the little rocks filled in the gaps, and it filled all the way to the top with little rocks. How many would say it was full? But then I'm like, I got some sand. And I bring the sand, and I pour the sand over the little rocks, and I fill it all the way to the top. Who says it's full? But then I grab some water, and I pour the water over the sand, the little rocks, and the big rocks. Who says it's full? But then I get some food coloring. I keep going all day. I want you to know that there's always more room for God. And I was praying, and I couldn't shake this notion and idea. And again, I feel like this is going to be a really an anthem for who our church is called to be. That one of the things, you're like, Mark, why do I feel at home here? Because people are friendly. And you feel at home here because there's something about the atmosphere that we create as a community that enables you to know God at a deep level. People are starving for an intimate knowledge of God. And I I really do believe that you can know God intimately and deeply. And uh, we're going to do a series. It'll be at least three weeks because God gave me three messages last night. And um, I want to talk to you in a couple weeks about, this is not a word, but I'm inventing a word, knowing God fruitfully. Is that all right? So we'll, we'll deal with grammar later. And then the next, uh, the week, week before that, we're in a, we're, next week we'll talk about knowing God powerfully. And today I want to talk to you about knowing God personally. Personally. Now some of you are like, Mark, I know God personally. And I want to just say, I get it, but I think that you can know God more than you currently know him. 
John chapter 20, Jesus himself breathes on the disciples in a room they're hiding and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And they actually get filled with the Holy Spirit. But he says, hey, I still want you to go to Jerusalem and wait in the upper room until you receive power from on high. And 40 days after walking the earth and 10 days after they prayed, the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, which is the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost, they actually are in an upper room and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. So they already had the Holy Spirit, but they got more of him. Are you with me? Now, I know, listen, I want to just kind of throw a couple things out there before I get started. Uh, I am going to talk about my goal in this next couple weeks is to demystify and um, disarm unhealthy notions of the third person of the Trinity. I know that we all love God the Father, that we all voted for Jesus as prom king. Come on, he's most likely to succeed. We love Jesus. He's popular. But you talk about the Holy Spirit, people get nervous, like, ooh, I think I... I don't know, this is one of those churches. The word Pentecost scares people. Can I just, can I, I want to, again, I want to try to disarm weird, unhealthy views of the Bible. And let me just write this in your notes. Whenever you are taught something religiously that makes you scared of a Bible concept, you need to reevaluate it. We should never be afraid of anything in the Bible. Can we agree? So like Pentecost, like Pentecost is scary. Pentecost is not scary. Penta means five. Cost means tenfold. Pentecost literally means 50. So when someone says Pentecost, it's like <gasps> 50. Can we agree that's not scary? Let's take another scary word, charismatic. <gasps> this is one of those churches. Charismatic, it comes from two Greek words, charis, which is the Greek word for grace. Matic means gift. So charismatic means grace gift. Can we agree that when God is good to us, we receive a grace gift? Okay. Scary. We're not breaking out any snakes. Come on. And so growing up, I want to do this because I really feel like when I was growing up, it's sad but it's true, there was really only like two like, like, like Holy Spirit welcoming churches where I grew up. And one you couldn't wear makeup and one you could wear too much makeup. You catch that a little later. But neither church was something you want to be a part of because both churches were a little weird. And I, I want to make a bold statement today, but I believe that you can, be, you can be full of the spirit that Jesus had and still be normal. Wow. You don't have to be strange. You don't have to speak Christianese, the language of Zion or the old English. Come on. You can actually be a normal human being and welcome the power of the third person of the Godhead. Couple th couple thoughts here before I read the Bible is there is no insecurity in the Godhead. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. They're not three deities. There's one deity, and they all honor each other. So the Father's like, man, I want to honor and affirm the Son, and the Son's like, I live to do what the Father shows me. Everything He does, I do in a like fashion. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to remind you everything that Jesus said and glorify the Son. If they were talking on the stage right now, the Trinity. God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Son would say, you're wonderful. And no, you're wonderful. And the Son would say, no, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. The Holy Spirit would say, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. Everyone loves each other. There is no, listen, there is no rivalry. This church is talking too much about the Father. The Father's not in heaven going, stop talking about the Holy Spirit. It's my time. It's my turn. Jesus isn't going, oh, hey, bring it back around, okay? 
a little too much conversation about the Holy Spirit. This is about me. Listen, there is no rivalry in the Godhead. And the Bible says do not be ignorant as it pertains to spiritual gifts. So next week I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about powerfully, knowing God powerfully. And I really encourage you to come back because the word spiritually, when it says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14, to pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, the word spiritual literally is the, is the Greek word pneuma, is where we get, it's where we get breath. So a pneumatic, a pneumatic uh, power tool, power tool, a pneumatic power tool is a tool that functions off of air. It says that God breathed the breath of life. God is a God that breathes on his creation. And so the spiritual gifts are just, the Holy Spirit breathes. Are you with me today? That's a long intro. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, just going to read a few verses today if you're new to our church. If you get bored today, you're boring. Disclaimer, I'm not a boring preacher, and uh, I, I do believe that this is going to apply to Monday through Saturday, not just entertain you for Sunday. So let's read this together. A few verses, John 14, and incidentally, John 13, 14, 15, 16 is the last 12 hours of the life of Jesus before he dies, before he's crucified, before he rises from the dead. And again, uh, uh, I'll talk about a few things, uh, but i got to stay focused here. John 14, let's go. It says in verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and, and he, he will give you another helper. Say helper. That is the Greek word paraclete. That's how we pronounce it. It actually is pronounced differently in the Greek, but paraclete has a, is how we would say it in America. And paraclete literally means para, means to come alongside. Clete means helper, and it so means that the helper will come alongside of you. To come along, it means, clete means to come along, come alongside. I got this. Uh, come alongside. And so paraclete, it means that he's going to come alongside of you. Paraclete. Parable means, uh, para means alongside. Uh, bowl means to throw in the Greek language. And so a parable is when Jesus would throw something alongside as he taught. Who's ever heard paragraph? Paragraph means to come alongside, or I'm sorry, it means alongside writings. So cleat means come along and so alongside so i got that i think i figured that out all right so chapter 14 we read that let's go to chapter 16 read a few verses here six verses chapter 16 and we'll get into this today but he says but now i go away to him who sent me and none of you asked me where are you going but because i have said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart nevertheless verse 7 i tell you the truth it is to your advantage to your what who likes advantages anybody like business advantages all right, it's to your advantage, he says, that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. The paraclete's not going to come alongside of you. But when, when uh, but he goes on, he says, but if I do go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them right now. You can't bear them right now. However, when he, say with me, he. I want to make a very, very, this is my thesis this morning. You will never know God personally if you don't view the Holy Spirit as a person. He's not an it. He's not the force. We get choked up sometimes because the old King James calls him the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. It seems kind of impersonal. It's like, God, why didn't you just name him Bill? You know, we could, we could get her, I'm talking to Bill, I'm full of Bill, you know. If you're in a conservative church, I'm full of William, you know. You go to crazy church, like it's, 
I'm full of Billy, you know. Um, but God doesn't name him Bill. He names him the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is his, is his description. The Son is his description. The Father is the description of what they do in the Godhead. And so um, it says, it says, and he, it says he will come. And he will, when he has come, he will convict, right? And I saw many things to say to you, but when he comes, the spirit of truth has come. He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will speak. He will. Pause. You're telling me that God, through the Holy Spirit, can speak. There's no argument here. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will come. It's to your advantage that I go. He basically says, if I don't leave, you're going to have to hop on a 747 at LAX, fly to uh, Tel Aviv, and wait in line at a stadium to maybe get a glimpse of Jesus on the LED screen that's the size of a football field. If I don't die and send the Holy Spirit, you'll only have visible access to me physically. But it's to your advantage because if I leave, then anyone on the earth that calls on my name would have an audience with God. To your advantage. He says, I have many things to say, but he'll tell you. He'll speak to you, and he'll speak to you things that are going to come. He will glorify me, the Son. He will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he who will take of mine, of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. I want to talk to you for the next 15 minutes on knowing God personally. Let's pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in our community. Thank you, Father, that you're healing, you're moving, you're speaking, you're edifying. I know that this might be a little more rowdy than some people are used to, but I just ask you that, Lord, today, that you would, you would confirm that, God, what we're saying, what we're singing is true by, by, by revealing yourself to people in this room. I know some people don't care about healing, God, because they're not sick. And I know other people in the room don't care about you speaking because they don't really need anything right now. But I ask you today, Lord, that you would give us an appetite to know you more closely. Fill this room and bless the Lakers in Jesus' name. Come on. Everyone said amen. 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 Who's ever, uh, who's ever uh, maybe been out in public before and maybe you're talking to someone you don't know very well? Who's ever met someone that you thought was going to be friendly and they tried to pay you a compliment but it wasn't a compliment? If you ever want to just be assaulted verbally, go into the ministry. People just, you realize like some people are missing parts of the brain. Social skills, social protocol. Uh, I've learned that there's some people in the world that actually have found a loophole to say whatever they want, whenever they want. And all they have to do is tee up whatever mean statement they're getting ready to, to, to load with, um, don't take this. Okay, I won't. But I'm pretty sure this is personal. So hang on, let me buckle up real quick. I don't want to fall out of the car here. And I brace myself for impact. <laughs> don't take this personally, but, you know, and, and I, I was thinking about how funny this is. And I was talking to my friend Tom before service, and he actually looked it up on the Urban Dictionary, which I don't, I don't encourage you to ever go to. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting in this context that a, a uh, to know, to, 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 what, to personally, uh, don't take it personally in the Urban Dictionary means it's a phrase that people use as a disclaimer to make an excuse to say or do something rude or mean to you to prevent you from having a poor self-image or so that there won't be repercussions and make you feel like they still like you even though they probably don't. 
Don't take this personally. I'm going to take it personally. You told me personally, so I might take it personally. And if this teaching today offends you personally, you can email me at Joel Faust. I, uh, I was thinking about personally. Personally means uh, to direct. It means to, uh, it means through direct contact. Through direct contact. And actually, if you're ever going to know anything personally, uh, like, like part of what makes something personal is it's, it's from a person. So I started thinking about, you know, notoriously it's hard to, uh, it's, it's really hard. The word soul in the Bible is like notoriously hard to, to translate. It's, it's hard to put language around and the idea is pretty broad in the Greek. And, 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 and so soul, it means mind, will, and emotion. And basically to be a person, you have to have a personality. And to have a personality, you have to have a soul. So what I want to do today is I want to make a case that the Holy Spirit is a person because he has a mind, he has a will, and he has emotions. And I'm going to, have to reveal this to you. I, I believe if you see the Holy Spirit as a person that you can know, then you can have a personal relationship with God. But if all you believe in is, is in a distant father and a son that died, that he's no longer on the earth, and the Holy Spirit's the part of God you're a little bit shy of, you're never going to know God the way that he died to want to show himself to you. Write this down. God has no grandkids. He has no grandkids. God does not want to have a relationship through your parents with you. He doesn't want to have to call your mom and dad and say, hey, can you bring over, can you bring over my, my, my grandkid today? I want to hold him for 30 minutes at church and send him throughout the rest of his week by himself. Listen, God has no grandkids. And as I was studying for this series, I really felt the heart of God that he, he was telling me, he said, Mark, tell Orange County that what kills far more people than secondhand smoke is secondhand Christianity. When people know God only through somebody else. I, I, I want to be clear on this, that Jesus went to the cross to give us full access. He doesn't want you to have three channels on Sling TV. Come on. He died to give you every channel. He, he, he died to give you full access. He, are you hearing me today? He's, it'd be like you being rich, leaving your kids $10 million and expecting them to buy a nice house, and they take $20,000, and they buy a trailer, and they suffer in a trailer their whole life when you died to give them millions. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? Like, I worked hard. I stewarded well to give you more than you're actually claiming access of. And I believe many Christians today are living far below the water table of what Jesus died on the cross to give them. He died to give us the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, it's better that I leave. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. I want you to think of this. In the world of antiquity, when he said this, these Jewish people knew there were centuries, centuries in the Jewish nation that only one person could access the presence of God every year. One. And then these guys would actually know there was 400 silent years that God wasn't speaking to anybody. So when he comes on the scene, he's like, hey, it's to your advantage that I go because if I go, everyone has access. Ladies, we, we live in the greatest dispensation in history. And I get that some of you are like, I don't know, man, the Holy Spirit. I, I've met some, I met some weird Christians that were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I agree, there, there are some weird Christians that are full of the Holy Spirit. But I always say, they would be weird without the Holy Spirit. They say one out of three people are weird. So look on the left, on the right. If they're not weird, come on. Just kidding. 
It's one out of two people. Um, the Holy Spirit's not weird. And there's been some unbalanced. The Bible says that, that do not be ignorant when it pertains to spiritual, spiritual, pneumatic, pneuma, spiritual gifts. And ignorant doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're low IQ. It just means that no one has ever taught you or you were taught wrong. And Paul says, I don't want anyone to be ignorant. And so Paul loves the Holy Spirit. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And here's, the, here's what's cool. I, I want to make a point here. Do you know that Paul was going to heaven before he was ever filled with the Holy Spirit? Like really full. So again, he had rocks, the big rocks in him. He believed in Jesus. I believe the moment of conversion, the Holy Spirit moves inside of you. But I do believe there are secondary encounters with his spirit that are as dramatic, or I'd even go as far to say, maybe even more dramatic than the initial experience you had with Jesus. How can you say such a thing? Well, how about Paul? Paul has an encounter in Acts chapter 9 that he sees Jesus physically, hears his voice, falls off his horse, he's on the ground, and when he hears his voice, he goes blind naturally, but for the first time of his life, he spiritually sees. He, listen, that day, no one on earth believed in Jesus more than Paul. No one. I know I would die today. I saw him on the road. He knocked me off my horse. He told me to go into the city and wait for what I need to do. And listen, three days go by that he's fasting. He's, he's, he knows that he knows that he knows. If he died during those three days, Paul, excuse me, Saul of Tarsus, he's going to heaven. He believes. The Bible says to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And that's how you start a relationship with good heaven. Listen, he's going to heaven. But Ananias walks in. He says, hey, that Jesus that appeared to you on the road, he sent me here today that you wouldn't just believe in him, but that you would be filled. Receive the Holy Spirit. He was going to heaven before he had a secondary encounter with the Spirit of God. I could walk you through account after account through the Bible of people that believed, that were full of the Spirit, but got fuller. Got some sand, got some water. Are you hearing me today? So I want to just, if I can incite some appetite in all of us, that we want to get more of God today. Why? Because he's a person, and you'll never go, you'll never know God personally if you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person. He has a mind. What do you mean he has a mind? How do you know that the Holy Spirit has a mind? Um, it says in John 16 that he guides us into all truth, that he'll tell us things to come, that he'll take what, what's of Jesus, and he'll actually give it to you. So he has a mind. It actually says in Romans 8, 6, it says that to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Before that, it says to be carnally minded is enmity with God, and it leads to death. How many in here want to have a mind that's full of life and peace? You know, you access that when you know the mind of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit brings life, and he brings peace goes on, it says that not only does he have a mind, he has a will. What do you mean he has a will? In, in Acts 16, it says in verse uh, 6 that Paul was forbidden to go to Asia by the Holy Spirit. He goes, that is not in my will, son. Don't go there yet. That's not the right time. The Holy Spirit has a will. I think the number one question I usually get uh, from people is, Mark, what do you think the will of God is? What do you think the will of God is for my life? And I want you to write down two, two big ideas. I do believe there is a generic uh, a, I should say generic, I should say general will. Like you read the Bible and you can like, okay, wait, does God have a will with dating? Well, I think there's general wisdom, general theological framework that we could put, put into the, our, our minds of how we should pursue somebody towards marriage. 
There is general knowledge on how to pray. How many believe that? The Bible teaches on how to pray. But how many know that knowing how and knowing what are different sometimes? Like, I know, I know the general will of God, but I need, sometimes I need a specific will. Like, I know that I want to get married. I just don't know exactly who I'm specifically supposed to go after. General, but does that make sense? You read the Bible and you get the general, but when you commune with the Holy Spirit, you get the specific. Many people know the general, like, I know how to pray. You just don't know what to pray. You know, it says in Romans 8, right before your favorite verse on God works all things together for good. You know that verse? Before that verse, it actually talks about no one knows the mind of God or the heart of God except the spirit of God. And it says, and the moment will come that you don't know what. It doesn't say you don't know how to pray. He says you won't know what to pray. You ever have a kid going crazy? You're like, I don't know what to pray. God help him. Come on, help. And you run out of English words in like 10 seconds. It says when you don't know what to pray, it says the spirit himself will pray through you. Are you hearing me? I'm going to talk about, in this series, I'm going to talk about even something that's taboo in the church. I'm going to talk about tongues, which isn't scary, because in the, in the Bible it says in Acts chapter 2 that they received tongues, uh, divided tongues as a fire. We think divided is like demonic or weird. Divided is like pizza, one, one big pizza. Divided means sliced up. It means individual. So you have one, pi- are you hearing me today? One pizza that's sliced up, and literally... Uh, it means divided tongues. Tongues is the word where we get, um, it, it's, it's gloss in the Greek. It means language. Do you know God uses language? And it's not weird. Glossary, who's ever heard that word before? Languages. And so I'm going to talk about it later. And so please just, I, I love it if you would hear all of it out. And again, if you're ever scared of a biblical concept because of how you were raised, if it's in the Bible, you shouldn't be afraid of it. Can we all agree on that today? So I'll get into this later, but I want to just say that he has a will. General will, specific will. He says when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray through you. It's wild. It's crazy. He starts praying through you. I don't know what to pray. He starts praying through me. And I have a lot to say about that. I, I know there's moments in my life that I didn't know what to pray in English, and the Holy Spirit started praying through me. And uh, I'm just going gonna to go here. Is that all right? I just want you to know that I, I do believe that the early church, that there was no argument or debate about praying and filled the Holy Spirit. And I want to just even make a note is that we should never run away from the Holy Spirit because of only one teaching about his gifts. Does that make sense? People say it's the evidence of speaking in tongues. It should be the benefit. You could use the word benefit instead of evidence. And it's only one benefit. It's not the only benefits. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's nine benefits. Some people say, I have the gift of prophecy or I have the gift of tongues. I want you to know there's really no one that owns the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but there are people that actually are filled with the Holy Spirit, and he gives you the ability to do and say certain things. Does that make sense? And so the Holy Spirit is good, and everyone said amen. And the fuller you get of him, here's the cool thing, the more you love the Bible, and the more you love praying. And that's why I think it's so funny when people are like, man, you, you love the Holy Spirit. And you're at church, like, they, they pray and they believe in, like, a prayer language. That's just, that's a, the devil. That's a bezelbub. And it's funny, religious communities are like, that's Jezebel. It's like, okay, anything that we don't understand is demonic. But I want you to know, if, if the early church agreed on this, and, uh, man, I'm going to teach about this in a couple weeks, so I can't get into this too, too deep. But I want you to know that the day of Pentecost, Pentecost means 50. 
So there's 40 days that Jesus is on the earth, 10 days they prayed, the 50th day, the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost, right? So it's 50, and it's on the 50th day, 120 people were in the upper room. All of them had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, all of them. 11 of them were in full-time ministry, but 109 of them were filled beyond the ministry people. So can we agree that the Holy Spirit wants to encounter all of us? Amen? Let me say one more. As your pastor, listen to me. Don't ever be scared of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to hurt you. Are you hearing me? Remember that passage when Jesus is like, hey, you know if you're like, your son's really hungry and he asks you for some bread? You would never go in the cupboard and grab a scorpion. You wouldn't do that, would you? If your son is like really hungry and wants like a trout, you would never go get a snake. So if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, and they ask for what? The Holy Spirit. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask for him? Does that make sense? So I want to prove it to you. If anyone says, hey, Mark, I prayed for a job, and tomorrow I got a phone call, and God gave me a job. Who would give God credit for hearing the prayer? I really am lonely. God, I need a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I prayed. Tomorrow you meet a girl. Maybe it's after church today. Come on. Hey. Better church than the club. Amen. Um, I prayed, and God answered my prayer. So he answered my prayer. But why is it that you're like, God, fill me more of the Holy Spirit, and some some theological camps, they believe that the devil somehow intercepts that prayer. Snake. Use your logic, people. The Holy Spirit, if you're asking for more of God, he'll give himself to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in on this, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick some sacred cows. Because I want you to know that the early church had power because it loved the Holy Spirit. Movements that are changing the world right now are full of the Holy Spirit. People like Brian Houston, Hillsong, Denom, like whole, whole movement. Joyce Meyer, you name people, and I'll, 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 I could take you back to the 80s and the 90s. My friends were in meetings with these guys. When the Holy Spirit fell in these meetings, people were just crying because the power of God filled the room. Listen, we don't live, our goal isn't just to go after the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We just want to invite him and let him do whatever he wants to do inside of us. So we, he has a will. And number, number three, he has emotions. Can I just prove to you that the Holy Spirit's a person because he has emotions? Watch what it says in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. How many of you can't love? A force doesn't love. Joy. How many of forces do not have joy? Joy is an emotion of a person. Peace. Force does not have peace. Persons have peace. So all of the fruits, all nine of them, they are fruits of an emotional state of a person. And that's why it goes on in Ephesians. And that's why, and I would just be very, I remember when I was younger, one of the youth groups I went to, and I was, a couple weeks I went to a youth group, and one of the pastors said, be, be wary of any church that teaches on the Holy Spirit. You got to be leery of those churches. And I, I read Ephesians, and I remember reading this verse that says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you can't grieve forces, but you can grieve people? Do you know what grief does? Grief actually, it, it, grief is being sad over a loss of intimacy. So I want, if I could teach, come on, stay with me today. Watch what it says in Ephesians, we'll put it on the screen. How do you grieve God's spirit? That's a great question. Who wants to be close to God? Show any hands? Okay. Half the room's still with me. Okay, cool. 
didn't offend everybody yet. Joel Faust, come on, if you want to email me. Ephesians 4, watch says, Therefore, putting away lying. What grieves the Holy Spirit? Lying. Let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor. We are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Wrath, anger, grieves the Holy Spirit. Nor give place to the devil. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Let him who steals, stealing, grieves the Holy Spirit. Still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his own hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. That grieves the Holy Spirit. How do you know? Keep reading. Uh, what is good for necessary edification is what you should say, that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve. So it's giving you a list of what grieves the Spirit of God before it. And then it goes on after it. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. Wrath grieves the Holy Spirit. Anger grieves the Holy Clamor, evil speaking, but put, but put away from you all malice grieves the Holy Spirit. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So what? Let me, let me boil all your... That's a big list. I failed in all of those areas. Yes, we all have. That's why God sent a Savior. If your greatest need was money, 2,000 years ago, the Father would have sent an economist. If your greatest need was technology, 2,000 years ago, God would have sent a scientist. If your greatest need was entertainment, 2,000 years ago, God would have sent a Kardashian. But because your greatest need was saving, 2,000 years ago, God sent a Savior. And when you grieve the Spirit, you don't lose Him, but you can grieve Him. And listen, you don't lose salvation when you grieve Him, but you do lose intimacy. Do you know why you grieve people when they die? Because you're sad that you're going to lose the ability to love one for them. I'll see him in heaven one day, but man, I'm not going to be intimate with that loved one for 30 or 40 years from now. And you, you're sad because the loss of intimacy. So I want to make something. Oh, Orange County, listen to me. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you talk negative about the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit churches, the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Blah, blah, blah. Whenever you talk negatively about God, you don't lose your salvation, but you do lose intimacy. I can tell you in my life, when the Holy Spirit, I haven't grieved him. And I'm asking God to fill me up and lead me and guide me and fill me with his fruit, fill me with his gifts. By the way, if I say the Holy Spirit and you want to leave, come back to the middle. And if I say I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit, it's about dang time. Come back to the middle. There's two extremes. Listen to me. The ministry of Jesus was full of power, but it was also full of wisdom. Why do you have to choose one or the other in churches? You're either going to be like a power church that's too crazy or you're going to be a wisdom church that's too dry. The ministry of Jesus wasn't selecting one or the other. It honored both worlds. He had wisdom that transcended the religious minds, but he had power that no one else possessed. God is coming back for a church that's as powerful as the one he died and left. He's not coming back for a church that's weaker than the one that he left. And I'm telling you, we'll only see power like the early church if we welcome what the early church welcomed, the Holy Spirit. That's a hard verse to get around. Paul was on a show. Are you hearing me today? But we're trained by religious minds like that's a scary word. Avoid it at all costs. Why? It's in the Bible. Paul says, I wish all of you, I wish everyone was filled. I know every time you teach on this, you, get, you push back. I feel it in the atmosphere. Because we're cool. It's like, man, I'm cool as long as I can fully understand everything. But I just want you to know that there's things about God that are beyond what you can touch. 
You know I love Oceans Church? Because the ocean has shallow ends and it has deep ends. And this church is going to be special in the world because we are going to have a shallow end. You can invite your friends that have never been to church and they're going to be able to touch and go, man, I, I understand what's going on. But it's also be a place that's deep. For some of you, they're like, man, I'm just hungry for more of God. And you're like, there's some deep ends here. Are you hearing me? We will never be weird. Mark my words. Well, the Holy Spirit comes, you lose control. No, I have never been in Gelson's. The Lord, hop on the loudspeaker. Thus saith the Lord. He just possessed me in that moment. Listen, the Holy Spirit never possesses you and you lose control. But he does fill you and he'll empower your life. It's funny because the world we live in, they're like, I want the power of the Holy Spirit without teaching about him. I want the benefits of being filled with the same spirit Jesus had, but I just don't want to deal with any of the theological debates. I don't want to deal with any of the taboo. I saw Christian television. I saw that weird church. I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw. Can I just tell you, if I was the devil, I would put as much red tape around the area of power as I can. I would try to convince the body of Christ that's, that's weird, don't do it, stay away from it. Because he knows if you avoid the power of the Holy Spirit, you will live with the values of righteousness without the power to live righteous. It is. Jesus died to make you righteous. The Holy Spirit comes to give you the power to live righteously. Why is everybody depressed in Orange County? Why is everybody addicted to medication? Why is everybody alcoholics? Why is everybody checking in and out of rehab? Why do we believe in God but have no power? It's because we're scared of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know we're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit in this church. I know what you want. You don't want to get divorced. You want to stop cheating on them. You want to stop lying and stealing. How do you stop doing these things? Stop grieving the Holy Spirit. I feel boldness in here today. That's one of the things he does is he makes you not scared of what people think about you. I can tell you I was a pervert when I was younger. I can tell you I was a broken home. I was addicted to things that I'm ashamed to talk about today. I was addicted to sexual. I was, you, you name it, I had some brokenness. And it wasn't until, listen, I surrendered my life to Jesus, things changed. But when I had a power encounter at a camp with the Holy Spirit, I got up off the ground after ugly crying for an hour and a half. Not because I was in pain, but because I experienced a euphoric power and presence that was greater than drugs, it was greater than snowboarding, j jumping over 100-foot tabletops, doing backside 720s. It was better than anything I'd ever done, action sports, euphoric, drugs, sex. It was better than all of it. And when I got up off the ground, my body was shaking because, listen, when an eternal God shows up, your finite little frame can't handle his power. It'll short. You'll start shaking something. You'll start, listen, I'm not saying you have to shake, but it, you'll start crying. Why am I crying? It's the power of God. Some of you fill in the room right now. You might not believe in this teaching, but you can feel the, you feel the power in the room. And I'm telling you, I'd rather smack people with truth than kiss them with lies. I'm telling you, I, I believe in a God that you want, you want what I'm teaching on today. You might not agree on how to get there, but you want what I want. We all want the same thing. We want the power that Jesus lived with. So I'm just trying to tell you that don't be scared of the Holy Spirit. Orange County's thirsty. I know it's thirsty. It's thirsty. And they're dying of thirst because they're dying with religion. And they'd rather die with their religion than to surrender and bow their knee to something they've never experienced. And I, I'm, I feel it, man. I can feel it in the atmosphere. God brought us here 
because there's people that are dying of thirst and they'd rather check into rehab than go to a church that welcomes the Holy Spirit. Come on. I'm not against rehab. Look, my brother's been, I'm, I'm not against, I'm not trying to throw rocks at anybody. I'm just telling you, the power to be like Jesus is from the Spirit of Jesus. Why is that so hard to understand? So if you're here today and you say, Mark, you know what? I don't want to just know about God. I want to know Him and be filled with Him personally. I already had an encounter. Well, guess what? You can have a fresh encounter. You're never too full of God. Is that all right? And I want to go on the record to say, I'm cool. If some of you leave today and you're like, I don't want to go back to that church. I'm totally fine. Because I'd rather have less people in this church that are full of the Holy Spirit than have a room full of people that there's a crowd, but there's no power. I'm telling you, where there's power, the crowd will come. That's what happened to the vineyard. That's what happened to Calvary Chapel. That's what happened on Azusa Street. That's what happened to Amy Sippel and Pearson's church my grandma went to. Where there's power, because you're like, I don't care about miracles until your daughter's sick with cancer. Now all of a sudden you're interested in the church that believes God heals. Oh, I'm stopping. We need a God that still moves. We need a God that still hears prayers. I don't just need to get to heaven, man. I need heaven to get inside of me. I don't want to die the way that I was born. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.